0: Boxing. You're welcome on in Silent boxing weekly podcast on all things amateur, professional, domestic and international. <laughs> if you'd like to find a link for all the previous episodes on any platform, or if you just like to keep an eye on our social media, you'll find all of that and more in today's show notes. I want to shout this from the rooftops, as far and as wide as I can. How could you not be entertained? Let it be known, beyond doubt, yet again, boxing is the most successful sport on this island. It's the one flying the flag. It's the one sending seven athletes to the greatest show on earth. You are, of course, as always, very welcome on in. The boxing world sometimes is one which moves quite slowly to the beat of its own drum, if at all at times. But lately, the boxing world is, is, is all change. And with all that change... Sometimes our amateur game gets left behind. So with that in mind, I'm going to dedicate this episode entirely to the seven athletes, the seven fighters who qualified through the Paris qualification system for the Tokyo Olympics in a little over six weeks' time. And indeed, over the coming weeks in the lead-up to the greatest show on earth, we will, of course, take a close look at each of the athletes, we'll take a look at their path to said finals, and we'll take a look back at some of the incredible athletes that have worn the gloves in the vest of Irish boxing over the many years e O'Rourke, Kelly Harrington, Brendan Irvine, Aidan Walsh, Michaela Walsh, Emmett Brennan, and Kurt Walker. As it stands right now, that group will forever be the twenty twenty one Olympians. Regardless of what else happens, regardless of what medals they do or don't win. Get used to hearing those names. They're going to be lighting up your screen in six or seven weeks time in Tokyo the greatest show on earth they are our seven boxers seven boxers name another sport from this island as I keep saying over and over none nothing comes close there isn't another sport that produces athletes in the Olympics in any other sport I digress big shout out to the crats each one of you guys Uh, incredible scenes incredible scenes and every one of them unique and different but none any less special. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, the winner of the by unanimous decision in the blue medal
0: representing Ireland, Kelly Harrington. Kelly Harrington is going to Tokyo. My, she's earned it. Yes. <laughs> look, look at what it means. The emotion she's overcome. <laughs> she is going to the Tokyo 2020
2: Olympic Games
1: proud you know, moments. It's the she can be a world champion,
0: but this is a special ticket. Just relentless.
3: Four one and three two. But then in the third and final round, this man Emmett Brennan was docked a point for excessive holding. How are the judges going to score this one? We know on
0: points by unanimous decision in the blue
3: corner, and Emmett Brennan, a unanimous points decision victor, and he pounds his chest. Full of fighting pride. Barabanov giving it absolutely everything, but didn't produce the dominant round that he needed to overturn that two-point deficit for three of the five observers. Here's the official verdict. The winner points by split decision. In the red corner. And there is confirmation of a split decision victory for Aidan Walsh. He goes through to his first Olympic game. <laughs>
0: I'm getting, um, I'm getting chicken skin here. Just listen to that again. Never, never have we seen such emotion, or certainly not in a long time. And against the backdrop of controversies, whether it was the departure of Billy Walsh, whether it was the Eddie Bulger, and whether it was key squad members who either went professional or opted out at different times and various times and along that road of qualification, despite All the reported in-house fighting between the IABA, the Sports Council, the Olympic Committee against the backdrop of an interrupted qualification series last this time last year in London and of course a 12 month layoff with Covid. The big concern, the big worry and all the questions centred around would and could we get any fighters across the line? Well that was answered emphatically over a week to 10 day period in, in Paris with scenes that weren't only the talk of the Irish sporting world. Uh, the sporting world at large were really taken aback and, and really warmed by the likes of Michaela and Aidan Walsh's story and the likes of Kelly Harrington, who's had a torrid time. But it's um very special and it's very, 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 I'm so proud, absolutely proudest punch, as much as a supporter and a, and a watcher can be from a distance. The best we've ever qualified were eight, which went to Rio, of course, that got off to a terrible start and it didn't improve as it went along the big worry was would Father Time catch up on the elder lemons of the team and then she won't mind me saying so if it, uh, it, it's done so with absolute maximum respect the big worry was for Kelly would would Father Time be hanging around to drop the to drop the hacks but he wasn't he wasn't anywhere to be seen in fact she rolled back to the years she has had an indifferent couple of years of course winning the world championship in 2018 2019 was that broken wrist And then, of course, last year, everything stopped still. The question was, but the question was answered with aplomb. Not only did she qualify, not only did she go and win her tournament, but she beats a big, something something of a big name that had almost developed overnight. But we get to all that in a short while. And while we may not get to each individual story in this episode, rest assured... There will be a, a series of episodes together about with each of the athletes, previous qualifiers, looking forward who may they may face, what way. Because right now it all comes down to the draw. The lion's share of the work has been done. They fly out, I believe, in a little over two weeks' time. And as I've said it over and over again, don't wait till the games come around. Get behind them now. Get on your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is. Get on there. Get behind them. Send them your wishes. Send them your thoughts. Make up some pictures. Do whatever you got to do. Let's spread the green, white and gold around the world. It's the only sport you're going to see this summer where Irish athletes, Irish fighters will absolutely light the place up. Before we start looking forward and getting excited and hyped up for what I believe will be a, a very high quality, super technical and ultra well produced uh, presenta- games, Olympic Games, it's important I think to remember as well some of the fighters that went before. Some of the Olympians who gave everything they had and more to the vest, to the dream of getting to an Olympics, fighting an Olympics, representing their country, and of course, ultimately, to win the Olympic medal. Which is another level again. And something that I often wonder about, and I often wonder aloud, and I've I've asked a couple of previous Olympians, that as fans, I guess, we often, in this interim time, this vacuum between the qualifying and the Games itself... With the pressure off, the huge pressure that comes with qualifying and camps. and In previous years it would have been, if you don't qualify from one tournament, you go to the next and the next. And it's like uh, grains of sand slipping through the hourglass. And Kenneth Egan so often tells the story and tells it so well about his qualifying. And he came at the very last opportunity. And that, of course, afforded him the opportunity to fight in Beijing. which And we all know the outcome of that. But I spoke to Adam Nolan and Darren O'Neill not that long ago, I just sometimes wonder, with all that's going on and with the pressure and the intensity and everything else around it and the everyday camp life, do they get a chance to enjoy it? Do they get a chance to actually sit back for a split second and recognize, wow, we're on the plane, we're there now, we're, we're, we've are we're achieved what we wanted, now it's time to go again. We'll have a listen to Adam Nolan here first. Some
2: fighters have give a different answer, but it was a bit of a blur to me, you're in a cocoon, you're... You know, all they wanted to to do, I suppose, was to win a senior title and to become part of a high-performance. And like any young fighter coming up, they want to win a senior title and make that breakthrough and and become part of a high-performance team. And once you become part of that high-performance team, I suppose, um, you know, you're just so busy training, you know, twice a day, five days a week, and prepping for major tournaments, and it just goes by so quick. You're living a hectic lifestyle. Um, if you're not training you're resting up for the next session and to be honest with you it's only now when I look back and I'm not retired that long but I didn't appreciate it at the time to be part of such a special group in the high performance with household names worldwide like Joe Ward, Michael Condon, Paddy Barnes Katie Taylor who I had the privilege of training with for for seven or eight years in Brave Austin Club Darren O'Neill John George I saw these guys who were some of the greatest fighters amateur fighters uh, out there so It's only now when I look back at at it that I kind of appreciate the calibre of guys that I was training with, but at the time you don't, that doesn't kind of sink in with you. I I didn't sink in with me anyway, no.
0: Adam Nolan, the Wexford Garda, based in Bray, trained of course in Bray under Pete Taylor. Phenomenal servant he was, phenomenal fighter. He took a while to come to the fore. He came out of the left field. He ended up with four Irish, senior Irish titles. Something of a sh- surprise, shall we say. He qualified when he qualified for the Olympics in 2012. He did so having never a podium finished in any previous international competition. He literally came, timed it to perfection, qualified, got a run through all the way, went to the Olympics in London. He won his first round match, if I remember correctly. I think it was against Ecuador and ended up losing to the Ukrainian or the Russian in the quarterfinal. But it was a incredible journey. As I said, he won four Irish titles, and he he, he went out at, on top. Lovely fella, really affable, always available, always willing to chat, and it was great to catch up with Adam. As I said, that's from a previous episode he did not that long ago. One of his teammates, his Olympic captain in London in 2012, was an incredibly established, incredibly decorated middleweight international. Darren O'Neill came from, hailed, of course, from Paulstown in Kilkenny. He pretty much won titles all the way along from from underage upwards he boxed at light heavyweight boxed at middleweight boxed back at light heavyweight his best years I think it's fair to say whereas at middleweight he won a silver medal in a memorable ba- battle where he beat Sergei Derevichenko, but eventually lost out in the final to Shabartov Shabartov I think I'm pronouncing that correctly an epic epic battle he had in that last in that semi-final with Derevichenko, which went right to the last shot which Adam which Darren landed on the bell breathtaking stuff on and his form was really peaking at that stage now i know again speaking to him not long afterwards he told me that the weight had become a little bit too much for him at that stage but he had qualified in 2011 went on to captain the irish team carried the flag at the olympics and he lost out in the quarterfinal to Stefan hartel if i remember rightly the german representative i think i'm right in saying he won four irish senior middleweight titles and two at heavyweight or light heavyweight don't, don't hold me to the last two, but I know him. Sure, in the four middleweds he had, of course, a, a tough apprenticeship and it's, it's some epic battles over the years with Darren Sutherland, the late, great Darren Sutherland. But Darren O'Neill spoke to me uh, in this interview about his battles with Derevichenko and the camp for the Olympics leading up to 2012 and some of the interesting little battles. And watch out for the names that are going to be dropped in this one. Just incredible.
1: Was. we got, I, I tell you, we we went to Ukraine for the training camp, and uh, the first day or two you're there, you know, you're trying to get over the travel and all the rest of that. But I remember looking at him in the ring, and I think you see you man, got so two arms, two legs, and a head like the rest of us. But it was himself and uh, himself and and actually you'll know the name is Alexander Ousk. The two of, the two of them were in the ring, uh, in the main ring, and then people to get in, jump out, get in, jump out. They were the two Ukrainians that the himself and Ousk. Yeah, uh, now the Unified Cruiserweight Champion. But two of them were in the ring. And I said, what the hell? Why are they all jumping out? But I got in anyway to the later, when we got over the travel and all the rest of that. And I was going fine. Grand, grand. Got through the first round. Grand. Strong, the really hard. Next thing, with 30, uh, maybe 30, 20, 30 seconds left to go on in one of the rounds. I threw out a jab. And he slipped his head inside. Or on the outside, I should say. And I thought, "So for grand. So, you know, he's inside. He's not going to do that. Well, he hit me a short shot. I say about three, four inches and it buckled me. I couldn't breathe. You know, I've often tried to describe it as a kid. The only way I can describe it is when you think of a kid or when you're a kid yourself and you fall off a bike and you can't catch your breath, you know. And that's the way I was. I couldn't catch my breath. And sure enough, I said that's exactly why everybody kept getting out of ring. But, you know, I got back. Yeah, I got back in him every day um, for the rest of the week. And he beat the shit out of me every day for the rest of the week. But, you know, I knew when it came to it in the medal fight, you know, I... I I'd fallen over that final hurdle a few times um, in the lead up to that. You know, I'd always just fallen short at the middle stage, so I
0: knew. And what about this interview with Kelly Harrington done three years ago, not long after winning her world championship, and Tokyo at that stage was was so far in the horizon she couldn't really allow herself to think about it. There's been a lot of twists and turns along the road since. None, not none less than the twelve month absence with COVID, and also twelve months with a broken hand or wrist. She came back with an absolute scintillating a qualifier in Paris beating Caroline Dubois in the final clinching top seed for the Olympics fulfilling the first part of her dream
3: I got into boxing when I was 15 16 uh I was just hanging around, doing nothing around the area. I just wanted to get into training, and boxing was what I started doing, and it kept me out of trouble. Fighting, I think it's very technical, uh, and that's the the side of boxing that I like, the the technical end of it. So just to learn how to do all different moves and different combinations, that's what drew me to it. You're learning something every day. I had my first bout on a, a, a little show down in Cavan. It was only three one and a half minute rounds and because I, I, I'd never fought before I was only boxing for three months and each time I'd hit her I wouldn't know how hard am I meant to be hitting her like because I'd never been in there before and I'd say when I hit when I was hitting her I was stopping I was going oh oh sorry sorry and then she'd catch me with like three and four and I'd be like why is she doing that why is she hitting me back like 15 seconds to go and the fight got stopped because she was Beating the head off me basically. And on the way home, I sat in the back of the van, crying my eyes out on the way home, and I said that I was going to come back and get her back. That's exactly what I do. I kept training. Uh, a year later, come back and I, I beat her then. I've been boxing a long time and I've had loads of ups and downs and what have you, you know, like tests here and there to see. Are you mentally strong for it? The one that stands out to me, obviously, would be winning a. a medal in the world championships and after all the years of hard work that I've put in you know I always knew that I was gonna that I I, I could do something with myself but sometimes when you're when you're in a sport and you're in it a long time you just all right this is it now like maybe I'm not gonna get any further but you kind of keep going because you don't know anything else because you've been there that long so when I went out there last year and I got a medal in the in the world, it was it was amazing. It's just been getting better all the time, to be honest with you, because I, I went from 64 kilos, because it's a, a, a non-Olympic weight, I decided that I was going to drop down to 60 kilos, give it a bash, see how it goes. And then I just recently was at a, a tournament there in Romania, and I beat the European champion in the final. So now I'm going to stick around in 60, see, see how that gets, how that goes. Next year will be the Europeans and the World Championships, so they're, they're, the, they're the major ones, you know. Tokyo would be my long-term goal, but, you know, people will keep coming up and saying to me, Tokyo this, Tokyo that, you know, and I'm just like, I have other things to focus on before Tokyo. You know, I think when you keep looking, when you're looking that far, you don't see what's actually in front of you, so you have to face what's in front of you before you face what's, you know, like, that's the future. You don't really live a normal life, you know. There's there is no such thing as a normal life. I train every day of the week. That's my life, you know. Like eat, sleep, train, repeat. People think that you just rock up, you turn up to a tournament, and wham bam thank you ma'am off you go. Like it's 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 not. It's 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 really tough, like, and it's mentally tough. And you, you might look like a, a strong person in the ring when you're fighting, but it, it 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 can be it can be very hard. It can be tough. Uh, mentally on people as well you know to go professional and so on um, that's something that future Kelly would have to think about
0: a decision for future Kelly indeed but not just yet not just yet she's got a small matter of the 2021 games in Tokyo I call it 2021 but it's the 2020 games these seven boxers they go into a list of it's it's a fairly it's a fairly impressive it's a fairly endless uh, list with some very illustrious names just to shout a few of them out to you that you might recognize that you will recognize of course Francie Barrett, Paddy Barnes, Paul Bodimer of course previous guests here, uh, the great the legendary John Colwell, the great and legendary Michael Carruth, Joe Casey, a uh, people like Mick Dowling, people like Brendan Dunn, Patrick Dwyer, Kenny Egan of course, uh, Paul Fitzgerald, Freddie Gilroy, Paul Griffin, Miles McDonough, Eamon McCusker, Wayne McCullough, my old pal, we speak with on a regular basis. Jim McCourt, of course, another legendary name. Brian McGee, former world middleweight champion, went on to have a man- massive career at the, in the pro game, of course. Davey Larimer, another guy who we'll have on here very, very soon. John Lowy, James Kelleher, Damien Kelly, Anthony Quinn so many names Darren Sutherland of course the late great Darren Sutherland who inspired me and still does he's right above me here as I speak any and every time I do Freddie Teeth Katie Taylor of course who could forget who would ever forget Hughie Russell another guy that you're going to hear here very soon Joe Ward Billy Walsh the list is endless and you know what it is we've got to get to those guys in their due course we've got to pet in their props and remember them over different episodes because it's it's an illustrious list who have represented the Irish Fest with absolute distinction and one of the newest names to go on that list spoke to me last night not too long off the plane he's only home a few days he was packing to go again they fly out for Tokyo in two weeks time Emmett Brennan went right down to the wire and he points out in the interview here something that I won't say I forgot but I it may have just slipped my mind as I got wrapped up engrossed completely engrossed in in the beauty of what is the amateur game. Because I know we all love the pro game. Well, most of us love the pro game. But there is something really, really special about the amateur game. There's I don't know, is it a purity? I don't know, is it just a difference? Is it just the honesty and the endeavour of the athletes? And knowing them, as I do some of them, how it's just, it's their everything. It's their absolute everything. And to see them or to hear them after a win... Is, is incredible, but to see them and hear them after a loss, it's, um, it's, it's something that you, you don't want to see or hear too often. It really isn't. It's, 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 um, it's heartbreaking to say the least, but none of those thoughts here in this one. I spoke to Emmett last night, which is Tuesday night. He was only back home from the gym, had done a session, was ready to go again. He was packing, he was back in camp this morning in Blanchardstown, ready to fly out for pre-Olympic camp in a week or so a little under two weeks time and uh, clicked with End- Emmett when I spoke to him a few months ago he had him on here as an episode not long into lockdown which I might put a link to that in the notes today as well give you an idea where his focus was at where his resolve where his steely determination was even when the rest of the country a state of what the great Joxer daily from Juno and the Peacock would say a state of chassis. <laughs> Um.
1: You put so many years into getting into this situation and now you you grow over the lion and now I'm just thinking next, what do I want next? I want the medal. So I'm walking towards that. So it's yeah, I kept level headed about it but I know there's a lot more work to do to to get a medal once I get to Japan.
0: And like I remember speaking to you back i think it was not long after the beginning of the lockdown and everything was up in the air you guys were running back from from london and it was everything was uncertain was there any point in that period of time where it, where the dream just looked like it wasn't going to materialize i would have walked through walls to
1: get to where i need to be um, so, like, and so i never looked the olympics never
0: looked like you going to happen. There
1: half and there was, always, there was a lot of room and stuff like that well, the only thing that did change was the qualification process. So I was supposed to be two qualified, that like got changed to one, and which ultimately that didn't make any difference to myself because I always wanted to qualify as a fourth qualifier. So it was just, it was head down, just the head, yeah, the head down, and I saw the qualifier I got changed from May to April to June.
0: That a little bit I had Would it be fair to say it's almost? I, I, should I say it better off? This way, the momentum now that's built up, the confidence, the the everything behind it—it's it, it, like a, a big rolling stone, isn't it? You're, you're, you're powering on into Tokyo now, and Team Ireland is on a high. But it's last week, so I'm I'm ready to go. I'm in very very
1: good shape. It's not like you on a balloon back up on weight and you have to come back down on weight. So there is an advantage when a half will actually, actually block them. But maybe, as far as financially, and getting sponsored and stuff like that, it's a bit of a hindrance because you've only fought for six weeks. It's going to be very, very hard to, as far as, make world world financially. But on the bottom front, and... Um, me anyway I'm in perfect form i good
0: form and i as I'm doing the edit a thought came to mind anybody that knows of any company or business or be it corporate be it local whatever level that may be in a position to help or assist by way of sponsorship any of the athletes whether it's Emmett himself or any of the others please reach out to them get in touch with them anything at all that can help that will make a difference we're talking to millimeters, we're talking about the small percentages that might just push it over the line when it comes to medals. You can look at each of the qualifiers, and you can look at the um, every one of you guys have. It's it's you can almost time it the, peak, the the run starts. You can pinpoint where it started and where it moved along, and it's 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 like a crescendo, which is a it's a big big shout out and a big big plus for the coaching staff and for for all of the guys in there because there's 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 more there's so many more than people ever realize or imagine that goes into this, and it's it's the culmination now in the greatest show on earth and. I wanted to ask you, has it sunk in? Because I think the impression I got from you, made all the way through, was you're going, and, and it was only a matter of which, which, when, how you were getting there, but you were going. Throughout the five years like I as I was going to watch for a while to
1: get off that line. I never dealt with it. There was obviously times where it was very, very tough, and there was looking less likely that I was going to qualify than when I did. The perseverance paid off, and just back to like, what you're saying about the culture. Started.
0: Hard for them to to get in the condition because they might have a camp lined up and say yeah so they can't get a chance of rising as a call so they've done a remarkable job. Yeah, their job at the best of times um it is a tough one because there's 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 a lot and we've we've talked about that before. only have one chance
1: You
0: know you chances of qualifying. When you point it like that, yeah. The What's going through your mind at that point in time when he when he's it, it's to me at, the, at times it looked like he was looking for a reason he was really looking for a reason but. we uh, so I actually boxed a little bit that. He came forward, and instead of meeting him head on, I he went on the back foot
1: and countered him like straight or four times in a row. Yeah. And that's when he went well ahead of the last round. But like, yeah, he he had really. The rest didn't do me any favours but we had a playing into that I'd get a little bit frustrated. And the
0: know could have possibly been a little bit different. but we actually used that more basement, and a head head and that's probably down to experience. the approximately twenty years the first left a little bit less experience could have could have mean that I had a head on and making a few mistakes. It was, um, it was all things came together at the right time, and it was uh, it's what stands the Olympians and champions out from from the rest of us because while we we get frustrated looking at the TV, even can't even imagine, begin to imagine what it's like to control the controllables, which is a big ethos I think at the hit of the unit. But over the over the five years, would you come come across any of the likely opponents for the next or when it gets to the top level? Yeah, you know, I don't really care. I get as I, as I say the controls, controllables, and I I don't really. Look to him, watch in the opposition. When I find out the draw, i have a look at one point. i have a look at his weaknesses. i have a look at his strengths. i have a look at what kind of game plan the benefit
1: me against that boxer. But until then, there's no point. A few little things that I can that I can get better at over the next five weeks. And um, that we are back with the national game tomorrow, so we'll be working on then over the next few weeks. Walking, walking on yourself
0: and what walks like you the, the pressure in one sense is off I suppose because the dream is now but the famous saying goes y- you're not you're, you are you, didn't come this far just to be there now the plan changes the pl- the, the, goals improve if you're a successful
2: person an ambitious person you don't you don't
0: exactly get to your goal and leave that you want yeah. to improve and better, better yourself but my goal right now was an Olympic medal and um, what kind of now is improve the um so
2: that'll be that'll be my focus over the next few weeks. I'll be trying to improve the volume, volume of punches, and no problems with the quality of shots. Down you know, to that, I technique it's just get a higher walk rate right over the next few weeks. And how to training. It's not like I'm going to train harder because I'm not training enough for an Olympic qualifier. But then what I do? Oh. It's just to keep my condition and. I'm not sure, by an hour it's harder than the other next four weeks. And it's just staying in shape, staying mentally ready as well.
0: Emmett Brennan. One of the things he mentioned there at the end and the sound quality wasn't too clear was the, how he's been inundated with support. Hundreds and hundreds of messages from people all around the country that he doesn't know. And he said it can be, it could be, if you let it be a little bit daunting, a little bit overall. But he said for the most part he enjoys it. He's absolutely blown away by it and it goes a long way to helping these athletes. So take it on board, do that. Get in touch, send your messages. They may not and probably won't get a chance to reply to them all, but don't doubt that they will have an impact at some point along the road. And don't doubt that this team is going to build and grow in confidence, cohesiveness, togetherness, and a unity that is key for anything. Because when one member has a bad run or when one member has a bad session, the rest are there to pick him up and pull him up by his bootstraps or her. And that's what goes all the way. And that's what that fantastic team of in Beijing, 2008, of course, had a, had an abundance and many other teams over the years. So more luck to him, more luck to them. And as I said, as the eight weeks go by and as it gets closer, we'll be doing a preview and a focus on each of the boxers individually. Almost it for me for this one. It is a bit shorter than normal. I have episodes, interviews recorded with the former world champion Eamon Lockran. I have an interview done with... Carl Greaves, who you will know from the coach of, being coach of David Evanesian, coach of Dex Spellman. But he's also a promoter and a manager in his own right. And he is also a part of the new ticket at Sky, who will be responsible for bringing in fights and putting on fights. In place of, of course, Mr. Edward of Hearn. Brilliant interview done also with former amateur standout, highly decorated standout Willow Hayden. He's just signed pro papers recently with Frank Warren. And I'm preparing here right now for two more interviews. One with shotgun Shannon O'Connell, who's the female champion from Australia, who along with previous guest Maureen Shea were ranked well above Shannon Courtney and Ebony Bridges when they boxed recently for that title. So both of them are still ranked in the top four. So surely with Shannon struggling and stuck for an opponent, one of the girls will get the nod. But I'll be chatting to Shannon shortly as well. And also at the weekend I'll be chatting to Chad... Big, light heavyweight, Cesare Neal, of course, husband of Alana, who was on there recently with me as well. So lots going on in the background. Lots more to come over the coming days. Ripped up the script a little bit here. I'm not sticking to one a week for now. Just going to put them out as I get them done. Going to make them fighter-specific. And this brand new YouTube channel is set up, raring to go. couple of videos on it, trying to get one or two more ahead of myself. So the grass ain't going to be growing under our feet as this new season kicks off. WSB, Callis Sowland and Wasserman Boxing have just announced that their new season, they will be looking for super featherweight women very interesting names in the hat there. It'll be very interesting to see who enters, who's chosen and what it throws up. It's made superstars out of all its winners so far so there's no reason why it can't with the talent in that depth pool. That's about it for me and them until then. Thanks for taking time to listen to this. Whatever you do, if you can, give it a share, spread the word, share the love and if you're really feeling generous and feel like sharing even more It'd be great if you could get along to the iTunes page there. Leave a little rating. Leave a little review. Helps us grow the whole profile. So until then, say nothing until you hear more. Stay safe. Stay sane. Smile. All's well that ends well.